Hello everyone and welcome back to the Chelsea Overseas Podcast as today we are talking about both the Canadian men's and women's national team. The men advance to the Gold Cup semis and obviously the women advance to the knockout stage in the Tokyo Olympics. So I say we start this conversation right off with Canada versus Costa Rica. The game obviously ended with a Canada win. How impressive was that performance? I personally think it was the best under John Herdman. What are your thoughts, Adam? I mean, where to start? Where to start? That was perfect. It was an incredible. Yeah, it, it, I, 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 you had nothing bad to say from minute one to minute ninety. It was, it was wonderful. I mean, it, it's crazy because two years ago we. We had blown a 2-0 lead to Haiti in the Gold Cup quarterfinal. And you fast forward two years, you're missing some of your biggest players in a quarterfinal against Costa Rica, who are one of the heavyweights in this region. And Canada just battered them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Costa Rica were lucky it wasn't 3-4-5. It, it like... Estacchio especially. He had quite a few chances. He made a few chances. Oh yeah. Oh, he, he is he is wonderful, but the performance as a whole was I think done to a T. It was everything John Herdman would have wanted. I think if you were to drop the performance before the game started, that's exactly how you would have drawn it up. And the thing that most Im- impressed me was was the maturity in in the performance that Canada on the front foot against one of the biggest teams in this region for 90 minutes did not put their did not take their foot off the gas definitely that's very important in soccer yeah counterpressed extremely well Costa Rica could barely get past the halfway line cuz Canada just suffocated them we were turning it away to our offense really quickly mhm yeah and it was all down to Canada's press when they lost the ball was just amazing and when Costa Rica were able to play through the press Canada made sure that they had the numbers to recover and it was just defensively it was it was perfect Costa Rica were suffocated they were pinned back they were forced to defend on the top of the 18 yard box for most of the game and they had no avenue in behind that Canada back line and as for Canada they they played had an amazing tempo and rhythm in possession. And I mean, the, the wing backs, as we had talked about in the previous episode about getting in behind that Costa Rican back line. I mean, Buchanan, Larea, just causing so many issues for that Costa Rican back line. And some of the speed we possess, even without Davies, David. Oh, yeah. Buchanan has been a good replacement for Davies, I'd say. Oh, he has been. He's something, uh, Buchanan. And yeah. He's going to be involved in September, obviously, and yeah, no, the the, the Costa Rica could not deal with the pace of of the Canadian wingbacks. They were they were lost in that in that respect, and Canada's um, movements in possession was 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 amazing, and they created multiple big opportunities. Were clinical. It was just perfect. Definitely, I I really liked the. Uh... Hoylet's goal as well. I think he's also been a great p- replacement for 
David when it comes to playing at the top and getting those finishes in. Those strikes are huge. I mean, David usually knocks it with power into the net, to the back of the net, but we saw Hoylet, it was a beautiful goal just above the keeper. Beautiful midair chip. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what a goal that was. Stefan Estacchio with the assist, Hoyle with the finish. Oh man, what a goal. And yeah, it, it was, it, it was just, it was like, I, I mean, I was in disbelief. Like I thought we had a, a good shot at this to win this game, but I didn't think we were going to just. But not that comfortably. Yeah, eh? like we battered them. Costa Rica were played off the pitch for 90 minutes. We were better than them in every aspect. It was it was perfect and we showed we're compete we're we're not just a name that gets shrugged or that gets dusted under the rug. Yeah. Yeah, for sure and the 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 maturity in the performance to remember 2019 when you were 1-0 up, 2-0 up and you know, everything collapsed. The maturity when you're 1-0 up to go and find that second goal to keep your foot on the gas and then make sure you close out the game. You don't give Costa Rica anything. And, you know, even without Canada's biggest players, it just shows that the work John Herdman um, and this group of Canadian players has done. He's definitely gone in to know the whole team and he's settled with what he likes. And he's willing to experiment too. I, I think he's been a great manager. I'm a, I'm a fan of John Herdman. And this has to be one of the best perform. Uh, listen, you can compare this performance with US. But I think maybe what would put... I know the US game, we beat them for the first time in 35 years. And it was beating US. Which yeah. makes it like insane. You know? What makes this one a little bit sweeter for me is the fact that we were missing Davies, David, Laren, uh, Hutchinson, Boyan, our starting keeper, right? Boyan? Right. Our field was out. You know, we were missing a countless number of players and we found a way. So this, with the U.S. game, is some of the greatest, well, are the two best performances under John Herdman. And they're two of the best performances probably in the last couple decades for Canada. And it just shows what we can do. And it just makes it even sweeter, the fact that we were missing I was gonna say, yeah. so many big players. You know, it's it's crazy. It's a huge, uh, it's definitely a huge W for Canada moving forward with the men's soccer team. What, what I will say, finally, one thing John Herdman did do is... He did switch from when Canada had the ball, they were playing in a back three. And when they lost it, it became a back four out of possession, right? To get Buchanan higher up the pitch so he didn't... I think that was a very strong defensive move for driving that force forward. Yeah, and, and it's what we've talked about before because with the depth Canada have, they're able to be more adaptable and more flexible where John Herdman is able to move things around in-game. Well, that's a huge thing with coaching as well. You need to know the strengths of your players, and he built on the strength of Buchanan, being able to use that stamina to switch back to the def defensive mentality and the defensive um, positioning. 
after losing the ball. So I think that was a great strategy on Herdman's end. Yes, and that that's a great point because it's it's great coaching in the end. You're right, and yeah, it, it was it was really good because Canada in that back three in possession when they're higher up the pitch and they have space in behind them, that back three. Um, I think it suits their central defenders a lot better. And then when they have to, when they do lose the ball and they're backed up a little bit, when they switch to a four, then they could get their Buchanan's higher, right? Or in other cases, Davies or whoever, those players who can give you that pace on the counterattack who you want running in behind, you want them starting higher rather than... Definitely. Rather than at, at fullback, right? And... You know who's made this possible, right? And this player, I want to give a big shout out. Alistair Johnson has made this possible, I think. How so? Alistair Johnson, because he's a more defensive-minded right back that can also play right center back. He So when Canada are in the back three, he takes up that right, uh, right center back position, allowing Tejan Buchanan to do what he wants on that right-hand side, right? And you could put Larea on the left, or you have Buchanan on the left, Larea on the right. Which, whichever side those two players are on, they're allowed to express themselves. Because if you have Buchanan and Larea on the same side, right, you can't have both of them bombing forward constantly, right? Yeah. So what Alistair Johnson does is he gives Herdman, he, he can slide into that back three. Buchanan could do his thing, and Larea can be on the other side and do his thing, right? And then when Canada go into a back four, who fills in at fullback while Buchanan's a little higher? Alistair Johnson does. Alistair Johnson, for me, has become a very important player for Canada and John Herdman. I really like him. And you know what? I think Canada's right-hand side, the balance on the right-hand side with a more defensive-minded Alistair Johnson and your, you know, speedster and Buchanan or Larea. I think it really works. And John Herdman's found a nice balance there. And I, I've, I've really been enjoying it. I mean, ultimately, it's a game of chess at the end of the day. You have to have the pieces be in the right positions. And I think that play with Buchanan and Alliston in the back, it's huge. Yeah, 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 I agree. I think it's been a great move from Herdman. And he just outclassed the Costa Rican manager Sunday. I mean, that was... It was done to a T. I, I'm, I just what a perfect performance. To to have this many p- players missing in a Gold Cup quarterfinal with a young squad, and to go up against Costa Rica, who are at World Cups. I think that's definitely the highlight for Canada. The fact that we were missing so many of our best talent, and we clutch, we clutch that up. Yeah, it's 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 like <laughs> we didn't just beat them. We just we smashed them. We smacked them, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just amazing. What a win. Like, I'm just... Oh, I'm so happy. (laughs) I know we mentioned him a a bit earlier, and he had an outstanding performance. Astakio, he did a wonderful job, and he's proven himself before, but this game against Costa Rica, what a performance. Truly, I have no no words. He, He put the hustle in. He... I couldn't even count the amount of times he turned over the ball like before it even reached our end of the half. Wonderful performance by Estokio. Do you think, Estakio, sorry, do you think he's cementing himself as one of Canada's most important players? 
I think he is. I think he's our most important midfielder. I see him starting in World Cup qualifiers also. With the way he's playing, he's he's the first name in midfield. He's the only one for me that is assured a spot if he's fit. At one point, while Estacchio, he made a run from midfield and he went and attacked the player at full speed and he turned over the ball and it was he, he gave it to somebody, I can't remember who, and it was just a missed opportunity. Almost went in. But I saw that it, it replicated to me the, the moment Conte did that. <laughs> in one of the um, the UCL yeah, like yeah. the knockout stage games I can't remember which one the Real Madrid where Conte start yeah yeah Real Madrid where he started right in the middle he ran up to a defender uh, he ran up to a defender turned over the ball just shot it and missed the net but still I like that attacking mindset of don't wait till they get to you you can attack them earlier you know put the pressure where it's due so that uh, it's it's a great mindset to have, but it is hard on the body physically. Yeah, and Anastacio's got an engine to him for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, this this guy is. I, I think there's there's not a team in Concacaf that has quite a defensive midfielder like Estacchio because he's so much more than a defensive midfielder, and you see it because he does all the things a defensive mi- midfielder should be doing, but. His passing range on the ball, right? His ability to get forward and score goals now. He has incredible accuracy with his passes as well. He is, he's a very complete midfielder. And he's one of the best in CONCACAF, in my opinion, in midfielders. He's right up there with anyone Mexico got, U.S. got. It's a good thing we got him from Portugal, honestly. Oh, yeah. John Herdman, well done for getting him over here. But no, no, this guy's Canada's most important midfielder, in my opinion, and he's one of the best in CONCACAF right now. He is, he's special. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. Okay, so I know this win was shocking for not only Canadian fans, but a lot of CONCACAF fans. Do you think this win puts the rest of CONCACAF on CONCACAF, sorry, on notice going into World Cup qualifiers. I think if you saw the uh, reaction of the Costa Rican players at the end of the game on the bench, I think that says everything because they look stunned. Yeah. And the fact that Canada won the game... And so comfortably. Yeah, the the fact that they won the game didn't surprise me so much because I knew that that one was tough to predict. It could go either way. The fact that we did it that convincingly... Oh, yes like had me in disbelief and and i i think it does put the rest of concacaf on notice because costa rica is one of the big guns they're one of the teams that have been in the 2014 world cup 2018 world cup world cup quarterfinals in 2014 right this is a team that's been so successful in concacaf over the past decade they're always huge when it comes to international competitions they're not they're not a name to overlook Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're not a name to overlook. In, in, yeah, definitely not. And we outclassed them for 90 minutes. And I think going into World Cup qualifying, and teams got to remember that that was kind of a weakened Canada. I think that's the scariest thing for teams. And it does put teams on notice. It does. Because Canada do have a real shot at this going into September. And it it'll put... Costa Rica, Honduras, Panama, 
even the U.S., teams that are going to be in around that second and third spot, even fourth for World Cup qualifying, because those are the spots that'll get you to the World Cup, right? Those are teams that Canada are really going to put on notice and are going to say, wait, that's the team we have to beat to make sure we're in the World Cup, right? Yeah. And it, it, it'll, it'll put teams on notice, and it's just a good thing for Canada. I hope it lasts into the World Cup qualifiers rounds when we have to play so, play all these. I'd say almost level with Costa Rica. All, all these teams level with them in order to qualify. I hope this energy lasts. Yeah, and just again, just such an amazing feeling given everything that happened back in 2019 in that Gold Cup. To come back two years later, you kind of come full circle. Chance at Mexico again in the semis. You have to get by Costa Rica in the quarters this time. Tough team, kind of a depleted squad. And we find a way, right? And we get it right in that Gold Cup knockout game. And we're off to the semis and just a really nice moment for for Canadian soccer. And just so happy. Definitely. I think that's fair, fairly enough for Canada versus Costa Rica. Enough of dwelling on the past, as amazing as that game was. I think we should look to the future. We got a very challenging game coming ahead of us. Canada versus Mexico. The big Lions of the Gold Cup. And, I mean, we are the we are the easier team. We are the team to overlook, but after that Costa Rica performance, we're not just any team to overlook. You know, so what are Canada's chances after seeing Canada's performance? However, I know Mexico in their last game, they also dominated. They crushed Honduras. And they woke up after the group stages. So after seeing both performances, what are Canada's chances? Yeah, well, that was most, more like Mexico in that quarterfinal. They they weren't in yeah. top gear in the group I think stage. we can all agree about that. The speed, the aggressiveness, the intensity. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, was, that was more the Mexico we know. They play, they play a beautiful game of soccer, too. It's not like it's an ugly win. It's a, they get nice goals in, beautiful headers. Beautiful movement all over the pitch. What what I'm going to say is that in the past, Canada have looked at Mexico and just said, okay, we're, 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 there's no way we're going to win. Uh, yeah, that can't be the mindset anymore because this is a team that can compete with anyone. And on our day, why not, right? And it's it's one game. It's a knockout game, right? And yes, Mexico are, are definitely the favorites, especially with Canada missing some significant players and that's an understatement yeah um so mexico are definitely the favorites one million percent and they really should win but this is a knockout game weirder things have happened and canada we're confident right now we looked great against costa rica we looked great against the u.s despite not winning and we're tending to play pretty well against some bigger teams lately so this is a big step up but you never know. And who knows, right? Uh, our, Mexico should win, but it's not how things always work. No, Canada should win. Don't say that. Wow. <laughs> I hope Canada wins. I hope so too. I really hope so. Yes, but we, we should feel like we can compete against with anyone in CONCACAF now. And we should relish the opportunity instead of looking away from it.
I agree. I think Mexico is obviously the harder team to beat here. They're very skilled. Very, very skilled. They got some big names on their team. Oh, the list just goes on with them. <laughs> yeah. So what makes us believe Canada can do this? Does I mean, Canada does have nothing to lose with the name of the names of Davies, David, Laren, as you mentioned, all missing and our keeper, our main keeper, right? So technically we do have nothing to lose, but it's still like, it'd be a nice uh, feeling to win. So what, what should we be doing? What should we be focusing on going into this game? Well, as I, as I said, yes, Mexico are your favorites, but we should believe we can do this because this is a team under John Herdman that has shown they can relish the big opportunities and find a way to win big games. U.S. in 2019, Costa Rica in the Gold Cup. And there have been some good performances against some of the bigger teams, even when we've lost. If you look at U.S. in this Gold Cup, even when we played Mexico back in 2019, we played... That was probably the best performance I'd ever seen against Mexico back in 2019. It was the only time where I felt there was a stage of the game when it was 2-0 Mexico, we made it 2-1, and then Davies almost scored to make it 2-2, and we had a couple chances. Right. And then Costa Rica went and made it 3-1. But it was the first time I'd ever felt against Mexico that we actually like had a go at them. It was the first time I actually thought, you know, you actually never know. Yeah. Well, I mean, even this year, it is the year of the underdogs. I've said it before, and I'll say it time and time again. So you do never know. That is true. Yeah. And this team's come a long way from 2019, and and it's a more mature group even without some of the, the biggest players. And we should feel like we can do this because we can compete with anyone. And it's one game, it's a knockout game. We've been great at this Gold Cup so far, we're confident. It's going to be, this is as tough as of a game as you can get in CONCACAF, but yeah, why not, right? Let's give it a go. And as you said, we really don't have much to lose. I think getting to that final four, beating Costa Rica in the quarters, winning a knockout game, showing that growth from 2019, I think that's already made this a, a, a really successful tournament for Canada and John Herdman and something positive going into September. This is a huge step up. It's going to need something even more than perfect. But... It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity with not much to lose. And you never know. Okay. What can we expect from the starting lineup of Mexico? Yeah, with Mexico, it seems to be uh, the, the fullbacks are usually uh, Gallardo, Rodriguez, and then you have Araujo as the center back. They play a 4-3-3. And then either in central defense, they usually go with a pairing of Araujo and either Moreno or Salcedo. The midfield is usually Alvarez and Hector Herrera with either um, Gutierrez or Dos Santos. And then the front three, Funes Mori. Yep. Jesus Corona on the right. Funes Mori's up top. And on the left, you have Pineda, who's filling in for Chucky Lozano. So a team of quality and what a team. I mean, they're the Giants of CONCACAF. Big names, definitely. How come we're not? How come we're not? We didn't hear Diego Lainez. Oh, Lainez is actually um, at the Olympics. Oh, is he? Congratulations to him. 
Yeah, I know. He's he's a he's a firework, that one. <laughs> he was great in the Nations League final, but yeah, they have so much depth depth, the Mexicans and They probably don't even need him, but Yeah. And as for us, uh I think you know, we stick with more of the same. Uh Cropo and Goal, our back three Miller. Uh Daniel Henry should play. Vittoria is suspended, so Daniel Henry will fill in. Oh pretty no. obvious. Vittoria? What happened? Two yellow cards. Mm. So he's suspended for this. So, yeah, Alistair Johnson on the right. And then th- that's your back three, your wing backs, Larea, Buchanan, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, Ustakio, K in the midfield. Absolutely. Uh, two, Azorio right in front of them. Cavallini and Hoylet up top. So here's something interesting. Obviously, Cavallini is also suspended. Is he actually? Yes. Wow. So, yeah, so my back three is, as I said, and then you have your four. So the three is Miller, Henry, Johnston, wingbacks, Larea, Buchanan, Kay Nastakio as the two holding midfielders. I'm going to just switch it up and go to a front three, so a three, four, three, and I'm going to go with Hoylet playing as a false nine yeah. with Corbianu on the right, Azorio on the left. Now, Azorio really needs to step up this game. This will be his game. Hey, he's had a good tournament, so hopefully he can continue. But here's the thing. With um, Cavallini's injury, I think Herdman's going to go one of two ways. He's going to go either the way I said, which was Hoylet playing as kind of the false nine, or he's going to just do it a like-for-like like change. He's going to bring in Tesho Akindele, and then just play Hoylet with him and Azorio is kind of the 10, right? So he's right. either going to keep it like that, just a like-for-like like change with Cavallini and Akindele, or he's going to go to kind of the false nine with Hoylet. I think Hoylet can do the work up top. Oh, definitely. I think he's a tank up there. Yeah, but but I I, I wouldn't disagree either way. Um, but it's a really interesting decision. I think the lineup... Thursday night, I think the three at the back and the two wing backs, two holding midfielders. I I think, I think what I like that really picks itself for this game for the most part. And Azorio also. It's just how does Canada work that front three? Do you go again? Do you bring Akindele in and kind of make it right? Akindele is just filling in for Cavallini basically, and you keep the shape of the team the same. Or do you kind of move it around and you put Hoylet up top with Azorio and maybe Corbianu or someone else, another winger on that on the right? So I think that's a really interesting thing to look for Thursday night and and we'll see what happens. Hopefully Canada can clutch it up, but it will be a hard game. So Going into this Canada versus Mexico game, what can we expect out of any final thoughts? How can we beat Mexico? So I think, I, I, honestly, I think Canada are, it's, it's a different team under John Herdman. It's a team that in the past would rely on defending deep and just trying to hit teams on the counterattack. It, it really was not flexible in any way. This is different as we've talked about. 
And I think Canada are best when they're playing on the front foot, when they're pressing higher up the pitch and they have possession and they're pinning teams back. That that's what I that's when I think Canada are at their best because that's when they can get their front players who we know Canada's attack is the best part of their team. When they can get those big players involved, uh, that's when they're at their best. But this is Mexico and it may require a little more a little more defending. <laughs> it may require a little more um, defending deeper in your own half at times. But I think Canada can can pick their moments and and can find moments that they can press Mexico and try to get at them and take a few calculated risks and and put that Mexico uh, midfield and and especially when they're playing out from the back, trying to put pressure on the Mexico back line, try to get us higher up the pitch, try to relieve some of that pressure and. I think um, I think it's not. I don't. I don't think this is a, a team that likes to sit back for ninety minutes. Right. I don't. I think it may require a little bit of that, with because Mexico. I mean, they're Mexico, uh, so you may have to defend deeper and rely on counterattacks at times. But I think there's. I think Canada, if they can pick their moments well, obviously easier said than done. They can find a way to disrupt Mexico's back line and midfield and make it make them uncomfortable in possession. Do we know what Mexico's weaker points are? I mean, do they have weaker points? Yeah. <laughs> are there any flaws with their defense, do you think? Well, what I, what I will say is that Canada has has pace in wide areas that can cause any team in this region problem, and that's why If we drive down the wings, we're very good at getting it making those chances at least to yeah. somehow get it in eventually. Yeah, and and Mexico will give us the space in behind because they're going to look to come out and obviously be defending on the halfway line with 70% possession. So we can hopefully find those transitional moments to cause problems in behind and, and hopefully give Mexico something to worry about and make them sweat. Yeah, it'll be hard to beat that wall, but we got to find those holes. Then you gotta honestly find those holes against any team you play. Every team has some flaw, and you gotta build on that, but it'll be a great game to watch, so I'm definitely gonna be tuning in. So I know that was the that's what's up with Canada's men's team. I think we should cover the Canada's women's team now. We safely made it to the Olympic knockout stage, the quarterfinals. We obviously made it past the group stages of the Olympics. What were your thoughts on the group stages, Adam? Did Canada do enough to, for us to believe they can make it onto the podium? I know they they had the three games against Japan, Chile, and Great Britain. And they obviously tied Japan and Great Britain, but they beat Chile. So was it the performance you expected, or would you like to see more in the future? Yeah, so the, the tournament's actually, from a Canada point of view, been what I expected um, in terms of tight games. The defense keeps games tight. They don't give up much. Uh, but it's the struggle for goals. It's the struggle yeah. for that midfield to connect with the front three to find those players in between the lines that can 
have a go from outside the box or to create chances. We weren't making enough chances, period. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and, and there were times where some, uh, you know, our front three were were not threatening enough in the final third, struggling to beat players one-on-one, struggling to put any meaningful service into the box. Yeah, it, it, from an attacking sense, there's a lot to work on there, but the positive is that they keep games close. They're, we're a tough team to break down, especially when you have someone like Adisha Buchanan. Defensively, we're very strong. Very strong defensively. And that's the good thing. So the group stage for me was not great, but not bad. It was decent. They came second in the group. Which was your favorite game? Probably Chile. I thought that that's the game where I thought in an attacking sense, we looked the best. So. Right. Yeah. But again, I still think we could have put three or four past Chile, right? Uh, it was a decent group stage. They came second in the group, which which is fine. Um, they got five points, a win, two draws. Like all that is fine. Like the the fact that they came second, they got five points. That's fine. The performances, though, in itself, if you're thinking about a gold medal, yeah, it's great that they keep games close. But in the attacking sense, when you play bigger teams and you're not going to have too many chances. Can we create enough? Can we be clinical enough to be winning gold in the end? Hopefully. But uh, there's enough for me to believe that they can get a medal. I don't know if there's enough for me to think that that they're one of the front runners to win gold. I hope they pull uh I hope they pull what Mexico have just done and wake up the beasts that everyone knows Canada's women's team to be. I mean, I still haven't seen enough of Christine Sinclair. She's a beauty to watch on the pitch, and I just wish she had more chances. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I agree, because the people around her, again, you have to be putting... Need to get it to her. Yeah, you have to be putting meaningful service into the box. She can't be dropping into defensive midfield to get touches constantly, right? So, yeah, it, there, there's, there's, in an attacking sense... Uh, you know, more that needs to be done, but they keep games close and they're going to keep, they're going to keep every game close. Even when they play, if they were to play eventually a US or a Netherlands or a Sweden or whatever, they will keep games close. I'm confident in that. And when you keep games close, we know that with Chelsea, when you keep games close and you have that solid foundation at the back, you don't need much to win in an attacking sense. Right. Right, You don't need too many chances. And hopefully that could be a way for Canada finding their way onto the podium. Because there is enough there. There is. I, I just think that we haven't seen Canada's best in the group stage. Hence why I think it was a good group stage and not a great one. Right. I know you mentioned the attack a little bit in the midfield and how we were just weren't getting it enough up top as we should have been. And I completely agree. But I personally thought we, we 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 had good defensive performances. Even against Great Britain, and there was the one upsetting goal, how it managed, the ball managed to get through us. But up until that, I think we kept a really strong positioning. Our positioning has been pretty good. What are your thoughts on Canada's defense? Yeah, I, I mean, I think Kadisha Buchanan is, is one of the best 
central defenders in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have that, that helps. And um, her and Zdorsky have looked good uh, as partnerships there. The fullbacks, I mean, Ashley Lawrence is wonderful. So whether she's playing at fullback or in midfield, she's great wherever she plays. So she's been great. And then um, Riviere, who's been at right back for a couple games. Uh, Chapman was at left back for the first game. So the fullbacks have been great. The central defenders have been great. And it's been difficult for teams to to create big chances. And and Canada, even the goalkeepers, uh, LeBay um, ha- has been good. Sheridan had to fill in for for LeBay's injury. So, yeah, the the defense, I I I really don't have too many problems with. They were really unlucky to concede against Great Britain with the deflection, awful yeah. deflection. When I saw that goal happen, I I know the camera angle showed Buchanan as soon as it went in. She looked scary after that goal. She looked pissed. Yeah, tough one to take, and yeah, it was a real it was a real bummer. I, I was really excited when when you know they took the lead. I'm like, yo, we can win this group. You know, I was real I was really excited. I was thinking we could win this group without playing at our best. You know, and yeah, it was it was a real bummer that last goal. But yeah, uh, it, I I don't have too many issues at the back. Uh, you just like to see more. In, in the attack. Definitely. I think we can both agree on that. Plain and simple. Good on defense. Need more chances up top. Do you think Canada's lack of creativity and ruthlessness... Oh, sorry. What did you think of Canada's lack of creativity and ruthlessness in the final third? I, uh, we need to improve this. How can we do it? Yeah. So, one... Um, I, I truly believe maybe moving Ashley Lawrence into midfield might be a nice option. A good defense is a strong offense. The the saying has always gone. And honestly, I've seen it plenty of times on teams I've played on. I think it's a smart move. Yeah, and and you see some of... I think uh, Ashley Lawrence is, is someone who brings so much energy and pace to midfield. And she's she's great um in terms of beating people one-on-one and maneuvering her way through tight spaces and those are all things you'd like in that middle of the the park you know in between those lines trying to find those pockets of space and i think that could help uh now will that actually happen i don't know but it would be nice and I think that's maybe something for Bev Priestman to look at and maybe give it a shot. With what you just mentioned, Adam, with what you just mentioned with moving into the pockets of space, I think Ashley Lawrence is definitely great at doing that, but I think that's something that it's a fundamental that every soccer player should be able to do. If you're playing, if you're playing football, you want to support your teammates in any way you can. And that includes making yourself a possibility by moving into that empty space. And the midfield should learn to do that more often now. Not just Ashley Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, and no, it is, it is a, a good point because you're right. It, may, it, it also maybe isn't as simple as just throwing Ashley Lawrence into, into midfield. 
Yeah. Right. You're right. It maybe has to be a kind of recognition that Canada's attacking midfielder, whether it's Jesse Fleming or Lawrence or Janine Becky, they have to find those pockets of space where they can receive the ball and look to play a forward pass into that front three or maybe have a go at goal or find a way to make this Canadian attack and link up with that front three in a more threatening way and hopefully we can do it definitely I know Janine Becky has a wonderful shot great power but a shot is meaningless if you can't get the ball to yourself so make yourself that possibility you know present yourself as an option I think that's something that Canada also has to work on in the midfield yeah and I think too simply having a go at goal for every once in a while from yeah from just very underrated yeah yeah i think i think we don't take an, enough chances from outs or just outside the box or just when we can have a, a go at goal being maybe a little more selfish in the right moments and just having a go working the goalkeeper testing them i don't think we saw that enough in these three games i think you can count with a couple of fingers how many uh shots canada had from outside the box, any meaningful shots from outside the box, right? So, yeah, may, maybe a little more selfishness too in some moments would be. I agree. If Christine Sinclair isn't that option up top, a shot never hurts. It's, yeah, you never know. Eventually it might go in. Make yourself into the next Christine Sinclair from midfield. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think that's what Canada needs to improve on. Not the best performances we've seen from the women's team but it's we made it to the knockout stages and speaking of which i know our next game is against brazil we are the favorites going into this however should we make it we have a tough tournament ahead of us and that's not to overlook brazil that is still a strong foundation for football and they'll play a tough game so we'll not Winning the group, I know we didn't win our group, we came in second. Will that happening to us come back to haunt Canada? I think I think you can argue it might because obviously we're on the same side as the US and Netherlands. So whoever wins between those two would then play. Who are your favorites going into this tournament? Well, the US. I'd say Netherlands. I'd say the Netherlands. Yeah, US, Netherlands, I mean, they're probably the best too. Swedes are pretty good too. Yes. But... Yeah, being on the same side as both of them and knowing that if you advance, you're going to play one in the semis. I mean, it isn't the greatest thing. But I also think that if you if you were on great... if Let's say we were in Great Britain's position. You'd probably play a semifinal against Sweden who just topped a group with US in it. So I wouldn't really... If we were to lose this... If we were to beat Brazil and lose the semifinal, I wouldn't put it all on that we didn't win the group because either way, you're either going to play a Sweden or a US or Netherlands. So it would have been nicer to win the group. But in the end, you're going to play more difficult teams in the knockout stage no matter what. Brazil are no pushover. US or Netherlands if we advance and then a final is always difficult. These are knockout games and a quarterfinal, I mean, they should be tough. It's an exciting quarterfinals. Yeah. You got a lot of big names this year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, multiple teams who can win it. I think the U.S. is... You think they have the edge? They're the U.S., so I guess. But after their weird group stage, only getting four points, this tournament's more open than maybe we originally thought. And Sweden, Netherlands, obviously the U.S., um, Great Britain, Brazil, whatever. Canada with... Well, again, when you have a strong defense, you never know. And yeah, there's multiple teams who, who should feel like they have a shot at this. And, and we should be one of them. Um, we need more going forward. But defensively, I think we're, we're really as, as good as anyone. And we can, we can keep, keep games tight and keep ourselves in games 100%. Definitely. So we're obviously the favorites going against Brazil. Do you think we are the underdogs in the semis and potentially, if it's possible, against Netherlands or U.S. in the finals? Yeah, so I think we're, yeah, we're the slight favorites with with Brazil. Brazil had a good group stage, but I do think we have a little more than them. But, and again, it's one game, you never know. And... Uh, yeah, the, yeah, we would be underdogs in, in the semis, whether it's U.S. and Netherlands. But these are knockout games, and sometimes favorites, underdogs, it, it really means nothing. <laughs> so The year of the underdogs. Quote me on it. I'm telling you, it, it, it has been exactly that. You never know what's going to happen this year in the, in the world of football. And honestly, every year, but especially this year. <laughs> but yes. So, can we get predictions, Adam, for the women's? Against Brazil, what happens? We win, we lose, we draw, penalties, what happens? We're going to win an extra time 1-0. Oh, interesting, interesting. I'm going to claim a 2-1 victory. Okay. Full time. That's it. Done and easy. All right. Moving forward, do you think we can get a medal? I, I think we can get a medal. Um, gold would be tough. Who's on the other side of the bracket again? The other, so, so on our side, we got us in Brazil, uh, Netherlands and U.S. On the other side, we have Great Britain against Australia and Japan against... Sweden. Japan against Sweden. Yeah, so, yeah, listen, we... Sweden-Australia, that's going to be a tough game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, listen, it, it can be done. We can we can win gold. Uh, are we one of the favorites, too? I would argue not, but it can be done. And and, and, and listen, we, we can get a medal. I, 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 really, I really believe that, and I, I really hope we do. Yep, I agree. I mean, who doesn't? Let's go Canada, right? Yeah, go Canada. Okay. Anything else you'd like to cover about the Olympics or going back against for the men's group in the Gold Cup? Not really. I mean, just go Canada, men's and women's side, and hopefully hopefully, um, they can both give us some, some more amazing podcast content for us to do. Of course, of course. And you know what? We really have to thank them, both the men's and the women's, because 
from here on out, I mean, at least let's beat Brazil too. That'd be a nice victory. But here on out, we're, we're up against the biggest dogs, you know? Like, we're up against the, some of the biggest names. What more could we have asked from Canada? I don't think there have been any major disappointments. We've gone to where we've needed to get to. So I just want to give a round of applause to the women's team, of course, in the Olympics, and the men's team in the Gold Cup and the World Cup qualifiers. Overall, great content for Canada. All right. So if Canada win, we will be back this weekend to preview the Gold Cup final. If not, then we will recap the Gold Cup and the Olympics together next week. We will also be previewing the new Chelsea season in a couple of weeks. The preseason is exciting stuff. I know we got a transfer that has been talked about. So we'll mention that in next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. And I look forward to seeing Conte's and whoever else that we have on the team. Their big smiles in preseason. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, oh, I I can't wait uh, till we start doing previews and reviews of Chelsea games and the roller coaster ride of a Chelsea season. It's not Chelsea if it's not a roller coaster ride. Oh, yes. And yeah, go Canada. Go Canada. Thank you for listening, everyone. Peace. Bye, everyone.